Wow, after that introduction, I'm looking forward to hearing myself speak. That's, uh, that's really good. Well, thank you so much for having us and for your warm welcome. Hugely encouraged by the, the video there. Even uh, Paul's little trailer up to the video. I think, wow, that's my message to you this morning. Uh, I've, got, I've got nothing uh, that many of you won't have heard before, uh, but I hope to provoke and, and encourage you. Uh, the church up the road, the, other, the top corner of Sussex says hi in Crawley, where we're Based, uh, but it's a real privilege for us to be down here with you this morning. Um, so uh, even just hearing your prayers there for your town uh, and hearing your heart and your desire to connect your love for Jesus uh, with uh, the people, the thousands outside of this building that don't yet know Christ, does my heart good uh, today. Um, Paul says, I've got a bit of an evangelistic edge. I'm not an evangelist. I'm not here as an evangelist today uh, with the first church we planted many years ago. In the north of Manchester, I looked around uh, wondering uh, who's going to do the evangelistic stuff until I realized that well, if I don't make a start, <laughs> there's no one else. Uh, I even hired an evangelist for a time thinking naively that he would come and do it for me. And he turned up with some impactors. You have impactors here, don't you? Yeah, you do. He turned up with some impactors. I thought, brilliant, here we go. And then he told me, oh, you're coming out with us. And so I had to learn uh, from the ground up to get over some fear and to learn how to communicate the gospel uh, with people that don't yet know Jesus. I hope to provoke you uh, with some of that this morning. As I say, much of which you'll know already, uh, but I trust that with the help of the Holy Spirit, he can activate. Can I hear the word activate? Activate. Well done. He can activate something of the life of the kingdom in ordinary believers like you and me. Have a look around you. They're pretty ordinary believers sat to your right and your left, and yet you're full of the extraordinary potential and power of the kingdom, which is pretty good news. So I've got, I've got five kingdom expectations for you, and then a commissioning. Uh, Holy Spirit, we thank you so much that already you've been revealing Jesus to us. We thank you for that word that says how you want to open the windows and reflect your beautiful light from our shining lives. We just welcome you now to come and provoke, to convict, to stir, to equip, and to release out from this church all that they long for, all that you've prophesied down over the years, even from the early years. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So let's start with some kingdom expectations. Expectation number one, God himself speaks. He wants to speak. He loves to speak. He has compassion. He's ready to heal and he's ready to save. Ah, there we go. We've got some stuff on the screen. Thank you very much, Sue, for making that that happen. Um, The expectation of the scriptures is that disciples of Jesus, that's people like us if you're a Christ follower, that we will look and sound like Jesus. I think one of John's little letters says, in this world we are like him. Uh, We get to look and sound like Jesus. What does Jesus look and sound like? Uh, When he began his ministry, uh, he was at the synagogue in Nazareth. He unrolled the scroll of Isaiah, read from Isaiah 61, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me He said he's anointed me to preach good news to the poor, to bind up the brokenhearted, to bring release to the captives. And he rolled up the scroll. He sat down. It says the eye of everyone in the synagogue was fastened on him. I I bet it was. And then he said, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Church, if if we're going to look and sound like Jesus, we get to be the kind of people here in Hastings that say, today, this kind of scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. You may have heard about uh, the old pastor John Wimber, who's with the Lord now. John Wimber uh, began the vineyard movement of churches, had such an influence on us 
in the UK when, when I was a, a boy. Uh, and uh, Wimbo, when he was saved out of uh, a, a drugs and music background, was uh, just read the Gospels over and over again. And after a few weeks at church, apparently he went to the church pastor. He said, hey, pastor, when do we get to do this stuff? And the pastor said, what do you mean, what stuff? He said, you know, the, the, the healing miracles, uh, the deliverance, the raising of the dead, the stuff. The pastor said, oh, John, we don't do that anymore. Um, we, we have our meetings and, and, you know, we open the word and we drink coffee. And John Wimber looked at him and said, you mean I gave up drugs for this? Uh, and uh, the, the flow of the scriptures, friends, don't worry. Whatever you've given up to follow Jesus, and it's a price worth paying. The flow of the scriptures teaches us that we get to do the stuff. Um, you go on into, amen, that's good, well done. Uh, go on into Luke uh, chapter 9, verses 1 and 2. Jesus called his 12 together. It says he gave them power and authority. Just say power and authority. Well done. I've had a week with Zambians in our church in Crawley, so just forgive me if, if, I, uh, if, if I go a little bit Zambian this morning. He gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases, and he sent them out to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Uh, chapter later on in, in uh, Luke chapter 10, he sent another 60, if my math is right. He sent the 72 uh, with the same kind of commission. If you know the story, uh, and if you don't, great, hear it now. Uh, when Jesus had died and had been raised to life by the power of God and was about to ascend into heaven, he gathered his disciples around him, Matthew 28, and he said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I'll be with you to the very end of the age. You flick over your uh, Bible pages into Acts chapter 1, and you find at a very similar time, the disciples are waiting with Jesus. He's a, they're about to watch him physically ascend into heaven, uh, having finished his ministry on earth for now. Acts 1.8, Jesus says, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Power to be my witnesses in, here in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. I'm hearing some yeses and amens. Some of you know the story. I'm not teaching you anything you don't know. At that point, Jesus did ascend, exalted now to the right hand of God the Father, having overcome sin and death and having perfectly fulfilled the law. And now from that place of exaltation, he pours out the promised Holy Spirit on his church. As you turn the page into Acts 2, you find the local church in Jerusalem from that point onwards looking and sounding just like the ministry of Jesus, modeling and demonstrating in their life the kingdom of God getting outworked in their city, in action, uh, carrying his presence, living in his presence. Church in Hastings, speaking to my life and our church in Crawley as well. Friends, we've got to grow in this. We've got to catch that again in our generation. I think so many of us as churches, I'm sure this is not true for you because you're doing some wonderful things, but we, we fail to impact our towns and cities in the way that we're called to because we just can't get out of our buildings May it not be that way for you uh, here in Hastings and for us in Crawley. Let me hear an amen, please. Well done. Um, second kingdom expectation. Are you still with me? I'm, I'm going fast this morning. You can understand my Crawley accent. That's all right, is it? That's good. It's not a Crawley accent, by the way. And my wife speaks like the Queen, so that's even better. She, she'll have to stick her tongue out in church, by the way. That's very rude. Kingdom expectation two. God wants to reveal himself to lost and broken people. He, he doesn't hide away. He's so happy to reveal himself. Peekaboo, there he goes. He, the scriptures tell us he came to seek and save 
the lost. He came not for the healthy, but for the sick. We're learning, you and I, more and more, that God is so ready to reveal himself uh, in this way. Isaiah 65, 1, God says, I revealed myself to those who did not ask for me. I was found by those who did not seek me. Just look around in this room today. We are evidence. We are those who were found that were not seeking him. We were enemies of God in our minds through our evil behavior. Here we are now added into a local church. I have a friend called Carlo back in in Crawley. Just uh, two and a half years ago, he came to a friend's baptism. Uh, He's in his early 40s, Carlo. Uh, It was the first time in in his memory he'd been uh, in church. Uh, He'd been an addict, a heroin addict for 25 years. Years really should have died when you hear his story. The following Tuesday, after being in church with us on the Sunday, he was due into his next rehab. He'd been in and out of rehab many times. This rehab was different. Carlo found that he was made to go to this chapel service every day, and these people prayed for him. He came out of rehab three weeks later, and he was free from drugs. He kind of got off them for a little while before in the past, but it always lapsed back. But he knew something had changed this time. I think, uh, as we got to know Carlo, that he got born again while he was in rehab. He didn't realize it at the time. And uh, he just had a voice in his head, he said, uh, that he knew wasn't like the voices he'd heard before, that said, get back to that church where you were for your friend's baptism. Carlo turned up the following Sunday. From that point on, he was completely set free. Never had any craving or addiction for for the drugs. Jesus changed everything. Uh, But it just started with a guy coming to church to see his friend baptized. No apparent evidence of God doing anything at all in Carlo's life. No uh, obvious evidence of Carlo seeking the Lord or looking for his grace to be at work in his life. And yet everything changed when Jesus decided, I'm going to show myself to this guy right now. Carlo now is one of these guys who's outstanding at sharing the gospel. Jesus has come to bind up the brokenhearted. If he's come to do that, he's very capable of getting the attention of your friends and my friends, getting the attention of those in your family, those who live even in your house, in your street, in your workplace, that don't yet know Jesus. Even if they don't get saved immediately. It was great uh, seeing Tamara helping to lead worship this morning. Where are you, Tamara? Can't see you. She's gone out of the room, maybe. Uh, I'm talking about her and she's not in the room. Um, but uh, I was with Tamara and a team of others in uh, Geneva in the north of Italy. We were uh, maybe two, three years ago taking a, a team doing some uh, equipping in prophetic evangelism. And I uh, went to pray with some lads who were skating. Um, that day I was just saying, Lord, I want to pray for people who are sick. Uh, you can't go wrong with a bunch of lads who are skating. You know, they've always got cuts and bruises and broken wrists. And So I went over to these uh, six or seven lads in, in a big piazza in the middle of, uh, of Geneva. I said, hey, in my bad Italian, it, can I, is there something I can pray for? We're Christians in the, in the city. And uh, they all laughed and pointed at this guy. He lifted up his shirt and he's got cuts and bruises and he's black and blue all down his ribs and down his side. I said, does that hurt? He said, yeah, I'm in a lot of pain. So I said, I'm going to ask Jesus to show himself to you. Can I pray for you? He said, yeah, okay. And uh, he and his mates were all laughing about and they were swearing in Italian and doing some really good Italian hand gestures while I was praying. But about 60 seconds later, and I don't pray long prayers on the streets, it may not even have been 60 seconds, this lad opened his eyes and I heard him (gasps) take his breath in and he started patting himself and he said, the pain's gone, the pain's gone. Uh, And uh, he lifted up his shirt, didn't look any different, but he said, I felt like electricity and the pain's gone down my side. I said, that's amazing. We prayed for Jesus to show himself to you. 
and this is evidence of him being real uh, and telling you that he loves you and he cares about you and he wants to reveal more of himself to you. Can we just pray a little bit more? He said, yes, please. At this point, he and his mate stood like this. <laughs> and I prayed, and I, I think for 30 seconds I prayed the gospel. Listen, I've never seen those boys again. I don't know if they've got born again yet. Uh, we just sowed some seeds. But let me tell you, if Jesus wants to get the attention of your friends through ordinary people like you and me, he's well able to do that. Let me hear an amen. Kingdom expectation number three. Stay with me. It's not about results. That's good news, isn't it? It's about faithfulness and obedience. I can't do results, but I can do faith and obedience. You know this. I know, church, you've been well taught, but the responsibility for salvation is God's. It's his entirely. It's his kingdom. It's his fruit. But it is our responsibility to walk in it, to take it, to carry it, and to live it out. Uh, it's really releasing. If you read in Luke 9, where Jesus sends out the 12 uh, in Luke 9, 1 and 2, you carry on reading by verse 5, and he essentially tells them, if people don't welcome you, just move on. Shake off the dust. Go to another home, another place, another town, another village. We learn later on in the gospel story that the harvest is ripe. But we see from Jesus and the disciples that, that our responsibility is to follow the Father to where the harvest is ready and to be obedient. And if the harvest isn't ripe, hey, great, we get to sow some seeds uh, that others will reap further down the line. I find that a really releasing uh, expectation that I can carry in my heart. The fruit is down to him whether I'm sowing or reaping. Hey, friends, after your prayers this morning, if, you just, if each of you just gets the privilege of leading one person to Jesus in this year of mission where you're learning to be more missionally alert, wouldn't that be extraordinary? Maybe you've set yourself a target. Maybe like me when I was a young man, oh God, I'm going to share the gospel with 10 people a week. Hey, if, if that's you, brilliant, go for it. But if you just lead one person to Jesus, imagine the impact that we could have. Let's keep looking at what is God doing. Let's observe where the kingdom's at work. Let's operate with the gift of discernment, looking for some signs, looking where people are open, where they're ready, where people are coming to us and asking questions. Hello, that's a bit of a sign if someone comes to you and says, can you tell me about Jesus? I've had that happen this, this week. We're not about racking up numbers on a year of mission. We're about being disciples who make disciples and the responsibility ultimately for that is Jesus Christ himself. Kingdom expectation four, and we're almost at a commissioning and we're going to pray together. Jesus wants to use ordinary disciples like you and me. Okay, just ordinary ones like, like you and me. Yeah, just like that. And just have a little look inside uh, your shirt there this morning. Any Superman logos under there? I think this is one of the biggest blocks. It has been in my life, and I know for people in our church, that we really don't believe. We don't truly believe. You can look along the row. You can look at some of the professionals that are on the front here. Oh, yeah, yeah, God, God can use them. The guys who are in the video. Um, but you don't really believe that God could do this kind of stuff through your ordinary life. That's a blockage we want to remove this morning by the grace of God. I don't think it's possible for us to be truly filled with the, the missionary Holy Spirit and, and just for my own life and your own life to be affected. On uh, the John 7, 37 tells us, on the last and greatest day of the feast, Jesus stood up and he said, if any man is thirsty, let him come to me and drink and out of him will flow rivers of living water. John does a little commentary, uh, just in case you weren't aware, reading those verses, he says, 
By this, Jesus was speaking about the Spirit. The Spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet been glorified. Hastings Church, let me tell you this morning, Jesus has now been glorified. We've looked at the story already. He's already been raised to life. He's ascended into heaven. He's poured out his Spirit. His Spirit wonderfully flows into the likes of you and me as we follow Jesus Christ. But he's supposed to flow out from us as a river of living water, not just for our own lives. This is normal Christianity. It really is our responsibility to get filled with the Holy Spirit uh, and that to get soaked in God, but to be listening and alert in our prayer life, our eyes open for our neighbor and the poor, the lonely and the broken, to get filled, to love people, to be obedient and to allow him to bring the fruit as we live in that way. Can I hear an amen, please? Ordinary people like you and me. I, I, th- I think our prayer life is a big part of that and that's why it's so encouraging to hear you praying in the way you do for your town. I think this kingdom expectation that God would use ordinary disciples like you and me needs to fuel and feed our prayer life. He's working in the hearts of your friends and your neighbors and your work colleagues, even where you don't see it. And he really does want to use you and me in the process. I was walking into town from our church building in the center of Crawley on Thursday. If I'm honest, um, I was praying, oh God, I'm going to Hastings on Sunday. I don't just want to tell them old stories. Would you please give me a story uh, that's up to date? Uh, that's how I was, honestly, that's how I was praying. Uh, my secret's safe with you, right? And, uh, I, and there were pe- uh, the usual places I go to, you know, someone sat on a bench or out in the sunshine. Th- there was nobody there. And I thought, oh, I, I don't like the whole kind of stopping people in the street. Hello, can I tell you about Jesus? I, I don't do that. don't find that helpful. If you do, that's great. Sorry, I didn't mean to be disparaging in the way that I said that. Um, so uh, anyway, I prayed. I was just approaching a set of traffic lights to cross the road. I said, Lord, I'd love to share. Forget my insecurities for a minute. Lord, I'd love to share about you with someone today. Please would you give me the opportunity? Literally 20 seconds later, I got to the traffic lights. A lady who got there ahead of me, she turned around. She said, excuse me, could you tell me the way to the main shopping center? Now, I'm not the most alert and discerning of guys. But in that moment, 20 seconds after praying, God, would you give me someone to share the gospel with? A lady I don't know turns around and interacts and engages with me. Uh, I felt this is the Lord's doing. He's answering my prayer. So I, I said, hi, yeah, yeah I can do it. It's, it's quite straightforward, but it's, it's, it's a little bit of lefting and writing and all that kind of stuff. So I said, I'm, I'm going that way. If you don't mind, you can walk with me. Uh, try not to be kind of weird or stalkerish. Um, and she obviously felt comfortable because she walked with me. I talked about, I prayed with my wedding ring and talked about my wife and kids and that kind of stuff. So I wasn't threatening. And uh, we, we talked for a bit, uh, just five minutes. And she asked me the question, what do you do for a living? Uh, for, I appreciate it. It makes it easy for me because I'm a pastor of a church. I lead a church. So uh, some of you, I, you know, you don't have the opportunity that me telling my job always raises a response in people. So I told her. At that point, normally the conversation goes one of two ways. Either they go, oh, no, that's really interesting, and they change the subject. Absolutely fine. If all I've done is show her that I'm a friendly Christian, that I'm not weird, and I've sown some kind of low-level seed, that's not a bad thing. I'm not a salesman. I'm not going to push through. But what she did at that moment would say, wow, so are you a deeply religious man? It was a great response. So I was able to tell her, actually, I'm, I'm not religious, but I really love Jesus. And let me tell you why. I just had two or three minutes explaining the gospel to her. Uh, I didn't pray with her. I didn't lead her to the Lord on the street. She went, she saw her husband and her son and went off to meet them. But I was able to share the gospel just 20 seconds after praying, Lord, please would you give me someone so I'm not showing up in front of the Hastings Church on, on Sunday. 
Listen, God can use ordinary disciples like you and me. The ordinary prayers that we pray that fuel this expectation. Friends, we just have to catch up with what he's already waiting to do uh, as he looks at us and our ordinary lives. Yes and amen. Kingdom expectation five. He's given us a simple, powerful message. Preach the kingdom. That's what he told his disciples in Luke 9, 1 and 2. Again, I think this is linked to our previous blockage in the last expectation. Can God use people like me? One of the reasons why we don't think God can use people like us is because we don't feel very confident. What would I say if a lady says to me, are you deeply religious? How could God use me? I get tongue-tied. I I, I don't know what answer to give if somebody asks me a difficult question about some ethical issue. Where do I start even in initiating a conversation? Listen, let me encourage you this morning. You know enough in your own lives of the story of the good news about Jesus, how he's brought you into his big story. Hey, get here these next few Sundays while the church is studying Romans 1 to 4. Is that what you're in at the moment? Wow. If you want to understand more of the gospel, get yourselves deeply rooted in it over the next few weeks. You know enough already, friends, about the life of Jesus, the death of Jesus, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You know already uh, that he's ready to show himself to you and to others. Let me encourage you, read the gospel stories. Pray the gospel in your own prayer time. Write the gospel out. Write your own story out if it helps you to become more confident. I try to memorize some of the key gospel scriptures. I was speaking to a couple of guys in town uh, last week uh, with Carlo. I said to a young man, uh, what are you looking for in life? What can I pray for? for you? He said, I just want to have a great life. Straight away, I remember John 10.10. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and life in all its fullness. How do I know that? It's because it's a scripture I try to memorize as a young man. And in the right moment, I was able to say, hey, all the things you're looking for in life, they're really good things. And I'm sure they're they're things that will be great for you to have. But there's something greater that you're yearning for you don't even know. Jesus Christ says there's a fullness of life that is yours that you can have as you turn to him. So write scriptures down. Memorize them. I, I carry some little cards with me where I've even got printed some little scriptures that help me if I'm in a conversation. uh, Just because I forget things because I'm really old now. What am I saying, friends? Be ready. Be obedient. Please don't wait for someone else to do it. Don't wait for your elders. They're amazing. But don't wait for them or a full-time evangelist or an alpha team. Hear the call and be obedient to Jesus Christ. Even if it's uh, a couple of years ago, I made a decision. God, if, if someone I'm talking to in a conversation says, oh, I've got a bit of a bad back, rather than just saying, I'm really sorry to hear that and moving on with the conversation, I'm going to resolve before you, God, to say, hey, you know I'm a Christian, right? Could I pray for you? Even if if that alone is what you do, I think you'll find yourself in all kinds of uh, conversations that lead to you sharing the gospel, praying for people, and sowing seeds. Five kingdom expectations. You got those down, right? Nothing you don't know already. Nothing that you couldn't have stood up here and taught yourselves this morning, but may the Holy Spirit provoke us. What's our commission in the light of all this? John chapter 14 and verse 12, Jesus says to us this morning, I'll tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I've been doing. Can I just hear an anyone, please? Why don't you look at the person next to you and say, anyone, even you. (laughs) Even you. Yeah, well done. That works better here than in Crawley. They get a bit embarrassed up there. Jesus says, I'll tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I've been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I'm going 
to the Father. The first half of that verse, I think, is astonishing. Oftentimes, you'll hear preachers speak about the greater things, the second part of the verse. But I think that first part today, as we look at these expectations, speaks into our ordinary, weak, fearful hearts. For those of us who don't feel like natural evangelists, if, if we would believe that anyone who has faith in Jesus will do what Jesus has been doing, is that a conviction that you and I carry in our hearts? You can ask yourself that question right now. I believe I'm here today to tell you one thing. If that is a conviction that you believe in your hearts, that anyone who has faith in Jesus will do these things, then it's about to change your life. It's about to change your church. It's about to change your town. It's about to change all the relationships that you interact with people in and around your life. Jesus has just been speaking here in the verses before about the evidence of his miracles. And, and here he goes on to say that anyone who has faith will do what he's been doing. It's extraordinary. Anyone who has faith. Anyone. If you're a brand new believer, if you've only come to Christ in the last few days, weeks, or even minutes, uh, anyone includes you this morning. If, if you have children who have an immature understanding of the gospel yet have genuine faith, they're included in this verse and this statement this morning. If you're a doubter or a backslider, maybe you've been away from church for months or even years, but you're back here for the first time this morning in the Hastings Church and you struggle and grapple with faith, but you have a measure of faith, then anyone includes you this morning. Anyone covers everyone in this room. It's the simple qualification for all of us to be commissioned today that, that, that truly everyone is welcome to participate in the mission and the ministry of Jesus. We all get to do the stuff. Truly anyone who has faith in Jesus, if we believe in him, if we trust in him, we get to do the kinds of things that we've seen him doing. Share the gospel, heal the sick, cast out demons, anyone. No one is excluded through any lack or any other kind of qualification or confidence. The only requirement, Jesus says, is faith in him and obedience. And do you know what? Even where I, where, where I struggle with obedience, even in that he helps us by giving us the promised Holy Spirit. We're not on our own. The Holy Spirit, the helper, comes to fill us. He even supplies the courage where we can't find that in ourselves. It's amazing. Part two of that verse then goes on, I think, to speak about our community mission, the things you're working on through this year together, the, the people of faith who take up this responsibility to model and carry out what Jesus did and said. Not just doing what I do, he says, but greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. I think it's a breathtaking verse for us. Hastings Church, we are the other side of the ascension that was in the stories that we've looked at this morning. Jesus now, as we've said, is at the right hand of God the Father. He has poured out his Holy Spirit. And so we're in the era of greater things, according to John 14, 12. Uh, the early church was in the era of greater things. Within a generation of Acts chapter 2, the Apostle Paul could say, all over the world, this gospel is bearing fruit. All of it through the Holy Spirit being at work through the faith and obedience of ordinary disciples. I'm going to move to a conclusion here, I think, and just take a minute or two to, to pray. I, I don't think, believers, you need convincing particularly about the, about the kingdom plan that I'm talking about this morning. If the majority of us are here, uh, here this morning are believers, uh, you're already believers. You already believe the kingdom plan. I think what we need challenging with, if you're anything like me and anything like my church back in Crawley, the challenge that we 
need to have up front and center is the call on us to faithfully and obediently carry out our part in getting filled with the Spirit and carrying forth the gospel of the kingdom in our generation, in our homes, in our streets, in our towns. Anyone and every one of us, those of us with even the most simple faith, are called to participate in this mission that comes following the outpouring of his ascension power. We all get to ask, hey God, what about my life, my circumstances, my neighbours, my workplace, the situations I find myself in? What about if I were to offer them up in your name and in faith? What if I were to be enabled by your mighty power to advance the cause of the mission of Jesus in those lives and those situations across the town? Wouldn't that be an amazing way to pray? So I'm, I'm here this morning very simply, church, to tell you, just go home and be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Go home and be a disciple. You don't need the right conditions. You don't need to enroll on another course for evangelism. You don't need to be mentored by someone. You don't need to be an introvert or an extrovert. As Paul said earlier, it's not about your personality type. You don't need to wait until you know more or have more or grow older or wish you were younger or to wait for your kids to get through this phase, then you'll be ready. You don't need a bigger budget, a team, a a set of companion study guides. You don't need amazing flyers. Can we stop making excuses and just go home and be disciples of Jesus Christ? Um, I think it was, uh, yeah, amen. I, I think it was Benjamin Franklin who said, I never met a man who was good at making excuses and who was any good at anything else. Disciples, let's not be that man or that woman. I have been many times down through the years. Maybe you're saying, well, you don't know my life. I'm going to be busy in work meetings all day tomorrow. How can I do evangelism? It's crazy. You're asking me to stand on the desk and preach. No, no, I'm not. It doesn't matter. Um, where you are, but it, it matters what you are. It doesn't matter uh, what you do in one sense. It's about who you are, beloved, and, and you are disciples of Jesus, and you're carrying his devolved, handed over mission and power. And so like Jesus, in your meetings tomorrow, you get to engage in the Father's will and purpose wherever you find yourself, wherever, wherever he's placed you. And therefore, the meetings aren't a stumbling block tomorrow. He's placed you in those meetings because he's got something to do and something to say through you. You and I get to pray, God, show me what you want to do and say today in these meetings. Show me, prompt me, show me who you're speaking to, show me who's open. Help me imagine what gospel seeds you might want to spread through me today. Help me to show show me who I might be able to pray for for healing this morning. Let me finish with this story. I, was, uh, I might have been with you, Paul, actually. I was coming back from Romania fairly recently. I had to fly into Luton Airport, which is a pain when I live five minutes from the Gatwick South Terminal. And uh, when I got into Luton, uh, I think I was going on to a, a, a conference at Bedford, and I was just going to hop on the train, but the trains weren't running. Uh, and uh, so it was late at night. We were queuing in a, in a taxi rank. I just wanted to get to my little uh, travel lodge hotel room and sleep. It had been a crazy few days. And a uh, guy behind me in the taxi rank queue tapped me, tapped me on the shoulder. said, uh, hey, if we're going the same way, could we share a cab and cut the cost in half? Honestly, my response in my heart was, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be around anyone. I've, I've been with people for the last three days doing the work of the kingdom. And now this guy who I don't know wants to share a taxi. You can see at this moment I was a little bit convicted. Uh, I, I may even have been teaching on some of this stuff. And I thought, oh, God, maybe, just maybe this is a guy that, that you have brought to me that I can share the gospel with. 
So I said, yeah, yeah, sure, that'd be lovely. And uh, got in the taxi with him. He was going, I was going to go on about 10 minutes further from him. We chatted a bit. He asked me what I do for a living. Uh, I told him. He changed the subject. Okay, so we talked about football. It was Champions League that night. I remember that. And we talked a bit. And uh, when he got out of the taxi at his house, I shook his hand. I said, God bless you. I mean, that was the level that the conversation was at. It was, it was about the most insipid evangelism you could imagine. But I thought, okay, thank you, Lord. I've, I was obedient. I've sown some seeds. The fruit's not down to me. I'm giving myself that kind of pep talk. Taxi pulls off from his house, round the corner, into a lay-by, turns off the engine. Taxi driver turns around to me and looks at me. Suddenly, I'm nervous. Um, the guy, the guy uh, is a Pakistani uh, Muslim background. I, I felt all kinds of things stirring up uh, that were wrong in, in my heart. And he, he said to me, uh, excuse me, I've, I've been listening to every word you've said uh, as we were on the, on the, on the journey. Um, I've got questions about Christianity, um, and I've had no one to ask. Here, I've written it down word for word. He said, I've been waiting for someone to get into my taxi whom I could ask the questions I have about Jesus Christ. Can I ask you? Can you, can you believe it? It's just extraordinary. And so I had 10, 15 minutes where he asked his questions, and I, I gave some answers, was able to share the gospel with him. We, we got to the travel lodge or the premier inn, wherever I was staying. He pulled up. He carried my bag into reception for me. He was crying. I prayed for him, prayed for his family. He gave me a big hug in the hotel reception, drove off on his way. Again, I don't know if he's a believer yet, but what a wonderful opportunity. Friends, I'm saying to you this morning, just go home and be a disciple in a taxi, on a bus, on your way to college, university. Just be ready in ordinary life. I've found recently, I've been in a very ordinary season. I think God's kick-starting some stuff in me. He just keeps bringing people to me. I've had a call from another church with a lady who visited their church in another town but lives in my town, who's very open to the gospel, a complete freebie that's come to us. I was praying in our week of prayer and fasting at the start of the last month and just praying for our neighbors that live around us. The next evening, one of my neighbors who I've not met before knocked on my door and said, can I ask you some questions? There's a, a, a guy who beats me every week at our local park run who twice now in the last two weeks has come over to me and asked me some questions and asked me about the church. Friends, I'm telling you, these are not extraordinary stories. This is totally normal life. The only difference is that I'm praying and asking the Holy Spirit to help me to be open and to look to be some kind of disciple when he opens doors. It couldn't be further from a kind of extraordinary life. I'm not wearing my Superman underpants over my jeans, okay? This is everyday life, and it's your everyday life, and it's my everyday life, and the Father's ready to work if only we'll open our eyes and our ears, and then perhaps open our mouths as well. Just go home and be a disciple. Anyone and everyone, no exclusions, no excuses. Get filled with the Holy Spirit and let's go. Can we stand up, please? Is that okay? The Lord Jesus speaks. The Lord Jesus wants to reveal himself. It's not about results. It's all about faith and obedience. He wants to use us. And through us, by his Holy Spirit, wants to do greater things. I think I'm going to hand over to Sam in a moment. But I just want to pray and uh, invite the Holy Spirit to help us. Lord, as you commission us this morning, we just welcome you. Why don't you, uh, if you're a follower of Jesus, just lift your hands up to the Lord. It's just a sign of you being open to him and wanting to receive. If you know this morning, Lord, I, I just want to activate more of that in my life. Why don't you just express that in your own words for a moment? Don't worry about the person to your right or your left. Lord, I want to live that way. Oh, God, help me, please.
Just express your desire. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that we all get to partner with you. Holy Spirit, we welcome you right now and through the rest of this morning for you to come and activate something deep inside of us by your Holy Spirit. Right now, Lord, we just reject every lie that says we can't do this. Lord, we put down every failure, every mess and a muddle we've made, every fear that we have uh, from our experience of things not going well. Lord, we put down every excuse that we've told uh, and we say, Holy Spirit, we want to partner with you in advancing the mission of Jesus Christ through Hastings and beyond. Would you fill me again this morning? Would you give me a fresh impartation? Just praying for the ordinary parts of my life. Why don't you pray for your workplace? Or if you've got a husband or wife or kids or parents that don't know Jesus, just pray, Lord, use me in those ordinary parts of my life. Maybe you're praying for your neighbors or your street again. The people you see at Park Run or at your sports club or whatever it is you do, wherever you go. Holy Spirit, we pray for a fresh impartation. Oh, thank you, Lord. We just bless this church right now, Lord Jesus. So just speak over them. I remember, I was reminded this morning of the old town with um, those fishing boats that are standing on end and the museum that's there as well. And just feel again the responsibility to say to you this morning, your fishing days are not in the past. It's not something that's just left to a few eccentrics now in Hastings that still go out with a boat and a net. The Lord says, I will make you fishers of men. These are days again where the boats get turned back the right way and the nets come out. And I just, just speak over this church and over this year, a year of fruitful mission, not waiting till the end until they're more equipped. And God, we thank you for great equipping and great courses and great mentoring and great flyers and great budgets and all the rest we've said we don't need. But we pray right now this morning, would you activate something by your spirit that means these ordinary men and women get to lead their friends and their family to Jesus. Oh God, we ask for it. In the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that five people in a basement began this church and now there are 500. Oh, God, thank you, Lord. How much more can you do in this town? From, from one in a hundred, Lord. We pray, God, that everyone here would have the privilege of leading someone to Christ through this year of mission and that you might do exponentially greater things than we could have asked or imagined. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Hallelujah. 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 Just put your hand on your own heart and say, Jesus, please would you use me? Would you make my weak heart strong and brave? Would you send the Holy Spirit's fire upon me again? Oh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Sam, are you happy just to pick up from here? And We're going to go to Bex Hill. <laughs>